This episode of The Tech Sphere is brought to you by Private Internet Access, which is $2.91 US a month to get two years of secure internet browsing. Follow the link in the show notes below for more info. Sydney's freshest tech podcast, hosted by Harry and Andrew. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Tech Sphere. This is episode number seven. In this episode, we'll be looking at how Microsoft is redesigning the USB Type C connector, how a Japanese blogger was stabbed to death after giving a seminar on online trolls, Corpcom announces their first smartwatch chip in two years, designed for kids. And the US Army is using machine learning to predict when their combat vehicles may require repair. All that and more, up next. Welcome to episode 7 of the Tech Sphere. Who knew we would have made it this far? <laughs> I can't believe we're already episode number 7. I know, seven. it's gone quick. Even yeah. though I mean, it's been, it's been a while since we started, <laughs> but it definitely has gone quick. As I'm sure you remember, my name is Andrew. And I'm Harry. And before we start the show, uh, a little note. Next episode, we're having a roundtable discussion on the great artificial intelligence. Yes, that's going to be very cool, I reckon. It will be very cool and very interesting. Um, Those will be with special guests, uh, Oliver and Sam, and they will be over to come and discuss. Yeah, I think they should be fun. Anyway, I think we should get on with the show. Um, So with Microsoft taking the lead in today's news... um, It's actually a bit more of a humble little move by Microsoft, uh, and they're diving into the USB Type-C connector Yeah. um, by taking the leap and redesigning it. Yeah. Um, Now, you might be worried. It's like, oh, not another useless USB port. I know. It it just came out like... Yeah, yeah, like a couple of years ago. Only like, a couple of years ago. Am I honestly going to have to change it again? And really only started blooming until the couple, past couple of months. Yeah. They're going to be fixing what they see is wrong with the device, with the um, connector. Yeah, so they've actually filed a patent um, under the name of Ultra Thin USB-C Connector. And uh, um, if you don't know what that is, then I suggest you just go back a couple of seconds and read the title again. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra Thin USB-C Connector. Um, so basically what Microsoft is doing is sort of changing the way how USB-C, the actual, uh, port is being implemented into devices or, uh, PC cases or, you know, basically anything that has a USB-C connection. Yeah. So you won't actually be seeing any, there's no new port or any new cable that you're going to have to buy or anything like that. It's the same cable pretty much. No new adapters. So, so don't worry, Apple fans, we're all good. Ah, <laughs> oh, Apple. <laughs> I love it. But so essentially what it's going to be doing is it's just going to be uh, Apple, sorry, not Apple. <laughs> uh, Microsoft is changing how the actual uh, the actual port in your phone or your tablet or whatever it is is going to be like physically connected to the device's motherboard. So it's going to be using either, you know, some sort of adhesive or it could even be bolted in, which is, I think, pretty cool. Yeah, and definitely going to make it a lot stronger Yeah, than uh, your typical soldered-on motherboard style. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be a, a new move. And, um, um, it well, Microsoft claims that... Not only would it look more aesthetically pleasing, which is my favorite word, aesthetics. Yeah, particularly with Apple. Oh, 
Apple fans. <laughs> um, but will also reduce stress on the cable, which has been a great issue um, with many, many charging cables. And, yeah. and on that, my my old Inwin case, uh, the In, Inwin 909 PC case that I just replaced, USB-C is actually, it's starting to get a little play in it. So Ooh. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, how Microsoft really does uh, create this new ultra-thin USB-C connector and hopefully, you know, gets the flimsiness away. Yeah. And although nothing's confirmed, I think it's pretty cool, but they may even be putting the new connection in the new Surface The new devices. Surface, Yeah. So yeah, I can admire that's... the Surface. It's it's a really great device. Yeah, it actually is. It, it really is. Like, as a hardcore Apple fan as I am, I actually considered getting the Surface before getting the MacBook. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. But, but you know, with that touch bar that I don't use and don't need, <laughs> but I definitely do want. <laughs> I got that instead. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what? Not today. I didn't say anything there. <laughs> So that's what Microsoft has set on doing on over the over the next uh, who knows how long. Um, yeah. But it'll be awesome to see some more reliability and more rigid, rigidness in these USB-C cables, which I'm pretty sure it's quite popular now, isn't it? Yeah. Like most phones, except Apple, mm-hmm. um, does have it. And um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's coming around. There's USBs created with it. There's all sorts of external hard drives. Yeah, yeah, and I think um, if I remember correctly, um, Apple, not Apple, um, Logitech's, you know how they've got like a 4K um, webcam? Yes, the yes, yes. Bravo or whatever the hell it's called. I can't no, remember. No idea on the model name, but it's yeah. Up, it starts with a B. It's like Bravo or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> they've got like a removable um, USB Type C cable that you actually connect directly into the webcam. That w- That is great. Mm. No more clunkiness, no more ugliness. No more messy, rounded-up cables. No. Thanks, USB-C. What a great invention. <laughs> Power, data, transfers, everything all in one. Like, come on. Well, it just sounds like an ad for USB-C. Now. <laughs> Not sponsored, of course. We're all about it. <laughs> in a more, I guess... Sadder and interesting notes, though. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure we all love to read our blogs every now and then. Yeah. But it's come to an end for a Japanese blogger under the name of Kenichiro Okamoto. Um, this Japanese blogger uh, who hosted a two-hour seminar on internet trolls and how to deal with them in the world of blogging, because you know, as with everything that's done on the internet, there will yeah. always be those people who. Have nothing better to do but to bring down others, which um, is annoying. It is annoying, and it's you know why it's sad. If if you're one of those people listening to this podcast, enlighten us on why, and we can enlighten you on why you shouldn't. Yeah, it's bad. We need more positivity in this world. Well, you know? luckily we haven't had any negative. Nannies. Yeah, yeah. Negative nannies. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. Um. Anywho. So yeah, he hosted a two-hour seminar on that. Um, now, apparently, this this guy was, I mean, like anyone, he has been harassed online before. Um, mm. What sort of harassment, we don't know. Uh, there are no reports on that. Um, 
but yeah, this so this seminar was was purely on blogging and the things that you might have to deal with when being a blogger, um, such as online harassment, cyberbullying, questions about the content, even and more intimate, I guess, potentially love letters. Love letters. Yeah, which I wouldn't have thought that that would be. Th- I mean, I guess it depends what kind of blog you're writing. Hey. Yeah. And I guess what your audience is. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, like. You know how they say that writing is kind of like a the, the a window to your you know your that is true. internal workings. I guess people might find you know after <laughs> reading some yeah after reading yeah some sort of connection or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. No, no. So that's some things it's that theory, you do have to deal with. Yeah, I hope we. I genuinely hope we don't have to deal with such uh, love letters uh, from creating <laughs> the text field. <laughs> Um, if you if you do love technology that much, however, then you know what? that's great. <laughs> but just don't send us a letter. <laughs> um, yeah. So unfortunately, um, when the seminar ended, he went to the bathroom as most people do. Yeah. Um, and that's where he was stabbed several times in the chest and the neck. Oh, jeez, jeez, indeed. That's terrible. It it is like who would have thought? Like when. What, like, what do you even think when you come to finish your own seminar that you've you've hosted for like, I think it was a total of thirty people. Yeah. Um, you would you would go. <laughs> yeah. Forever. Um. So he was brought to hospital, but unfortunately, while he, he was there, he was pronounced dead. Yeah, and I guess that might be another thing that you need to watch out for for being a blogger. <laughs> yeah. Um. Potential death. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, this is quite a very extreme case, but, you know, be careful what you put out there on the internet, and sometimes, you you know, you might just get unlucky. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's, that's two dead people in, in two podcasts. Yep, yeah. Hopefully, we don't have to cover another one Hopefully in the not, artificial no. intelligence discussion <laughs> next week. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So yeah, um, unfortunate, but the world continues. Hopefully, hopefully his family and stuff is uh, finding peace at that somewhere, yeah. somewhere in this world. Um, moving on. Um, so the next one is so you know as we know there there are very there are a lot of you know high powered computers in the world, and so. After five years of playing fiddle to, uh, with China, the U.S. has finally taken back the top spot from China and has been crowned to owning the fastest supercomputer owned by IBM. And, yeah, it's called Summit, which I think is pretty yeah. cool. Now, if you're in the world of computers, you know that you deal with a lot of numbers. So hold on to your seat because we're about to... Tell you some pretty significant oh, numbers here. When, when I was reading it, I was I was blown away by yeah. the speed of these when, things. When you told me about it, I was I was like, "What? Can you say that again?" <laughs> anyway, so okay, so this is all part of the top five hundred fastest supercomputers in the world list, uh, which is a list that is updated by a group of academic researchers and all that kind of fancy pantsy kind of <laughs> stuff every. Uh, it's every couple of, oh, a couple of times a year kind of thing. Hmm. So yes, as I mentioned before, the uh, and uh, oh, we all know IBM. 
you know, yeah. one of the one of the big players in the uh, computing industry. Yep, one of the originals. They're, they've taken the number one spot from China with their computer Summit. So yes, uh, Summit has a very, a very crazy speed of um, 122.3 quintillion mathematical operations per second, or 122 petaflops uh, of that, data. That's that's pretty crazy. That's what gets me. Yeah, 122 petaflops. I can do Whew. about 0.8 a second. <laughs> Not even. Yeah, and you know it doesn't. The, the crazy numbers don't stop there. So the Summit system has a total of 9,216 IBM processors in it. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And on top of that, it also has 20, 27,648 NVIDIA graphics cards in it. Like, can you hear something? That, that that'd be so loud. Imagine that. Can you hear all the bit the um the Bitcoin miners crying? <laughs> this is why Nvidia <laughs> can't give us any um any graphics cards because <laughs> IBM has been taking them up and making their freaking su- exactly. uh, supercomputers. Oh, it's nothing to do with the <laughs> cryptocurrency market. Yep, <laughs> it's all IBM's fault. Damn you. Um, so yeah, as I said, you know, it's all, all those kind of crazy numbers, but the whole thing takes up the size of two tennis courts. Like, oh my God. Two tennis courts. Two tennis courts. And it uses up as much power as a small town. That is just absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like the power of a small town within two tennis courts. That is, <laughs> Damn. that is something. Yeah. That really is something. So... <laughs> Okay, so my, my first question is, can it run Crisis? <laughs> Man, I, I, I think it'll struggle to run Minecraft, to be honest. <laughs> now, okay, <laughs> all jokes aside, obviously, you know, these, this kind of beast of a computer probably won't be used to play Crisis. Um, I hope not. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure they, they will try. <laughs> but it's going to be used for a lot of, like... Um, a lot of research into subjects like uh, material science, cancer, that kind of research, uh, fusion energy, astrophysics, um, and, you know, how the Earth's climate is changing. Hmm. So, you know, all that kind of very important sciencey stuff. Yeah, and a lot of heavy ma- mathematical calculations yeah. sort of stuff. A lot, a lot of, of particle simulations I, I, can, I can see already. Yeah. <laughs> to, you know... Just to make use of the some 122.3 quintillion. Quint- ah, that's a big number. Quintillion. I, I don't hear that word very often. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, um, there's another... Oh, yep. Shall I? No, no, you, you go. There's another system called Sierra, uh, somewhat smaller but built for the same comp- from the same components, um, and that will be used for nuclear weapons research. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 nuclear weapons at Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California. Uh, it actually it claimed third place with a speed of seventy one point six quintillion or petaflops. 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 So okay, so that's going from one hundred and twenty two from its older brother. Going down to seventy one point six petaflops. So so it's quite a drop. But it's still a lot. It's like it's better than whatever you've got in your uh, in your bedroom. It's better than what your whole suburb has, or yeah. probably your whole city has. 
Um, yeah, and that's trailing China's uh, Sunway Taehu light, which recorded a 93 petaflop speed. Wow. That is, that is crazy. Um, like even like <laughs> the numbers are still processing in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although China's lost the top spot, it widened its lead as measured by the number of systems on the top 500 list. Uh, compared with the November 2017 list, it actually advanced from 201 systems to 206. Wow. While in the US, it actually dropped from 143 down to 124 so if you're looking at overall positions on the leaderboard china does still take the lead in the amount of systems uh that are on the top 500 but yeah it's really interesting to see that um there's you know what do you call it competitions yeah (laughs) in the the crazy yeah the crazy supercomputers yeah So talking about crazy things, Qualcomm, who you may know from the chip inside your phone, or in most cases, so they've made a new chip for their or for your uh, smartwatches, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, so it's the first one in two years. Because you know, the, I guess these things these things do take take a while, I guess, and also like who uses um, smartwatches really? Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> Besides me. Well, yeah. This is actually, I'm seeing an increased number of people that I walk past with like uh, some sort of smartwatch, mainly Apple watches, because that's all I see. (laughs) Well, I actually, I do agree with you. I've, I've seen a few friends now who've started using smartwatches of some sort, which is It's on the rise. Yeah. It's on the rise. Um, But yeah, this, this chip is uh, actually not designed for, I guess, the smartwatches that you'll be, that you have seen around. Um, but instead is designed for a emerging, an emerging market uh, for kids' watches. So the new chip uh, is named the Snapdragon Wear 2500, 2500, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so basically it's a chip that is built for the purpose of um, being into devices that are aimed more towards kids. That's good. Uh, so there is... Yeah, so there is an emerging market there. Like in the past couple of months, I've I've personally seen a lot of um, sort of smartwatches, or I guess as well as tablets and phones that are aimed at the younger generation. Mm. Um, that's being younger than us. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where that goes and how that pans out in the future because I'm I'm seeing a lot of of trends where the New technology that's being released is is really aimed at, I guess, our our age. You know, the mid twenties. Yeah. Um, while also you know, go, obviously going up to the adults with the proper adults. Yeah, like you know, twenties to let's say thirty five. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that's their kind of market. But um, yeah, it's interesting that that they're taking a stab in the. Uh, uh, direction of the kids market. Yeah. Um, so these chips, they do, so, you know, they're, they're not as powerful, but they still, you know, kind of pack a punch, which I think is good. They'll be able to support LTE. So, you know, you'll be able to get really fast, a really fast connection to the device, which I think is good. Mm-hmm. Definitely important. <laughs> yes. 
uh, it'll be able able to support five megapixel camera, which is interesting. I think. Yeah. Um, it'll be able to also support location tracking. So you know, parents wanting to spy on their children. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Am I, am I reading too much in this? I don't know. <laughs> as well as you know, many other type of um, sensors that you know that are out there. Maybe even like a heart rate sensor, which I think would be... Con- well, I mean, that's pretty much the standard for uh, smartwatches now yeah. these days, isn't it? It's always good to keep track of your heart rate. <laughs> Actually, yeah, on that, it's... I find that with... Especially with the... Well, I mean, I know that all smartwatches pretty much can track your heart rate now. Yeah. But I'm increasingly using my the heart rate monitor on my smartwatch. Mm-hmm. Um um, because it's actually really good to keep track of stuff. And uh, as well, recently, actually for for those who don't know, um, <laughs> do have a medical condition. So I, I do, well, my doctor did tell me that I really should be keeping an eye on my, you know, my blood pressure and my, my heart rate. Yeah. So I was like, hey, I could totally do that. Well, not yeah. the blood pressure bit, but the heart rate. Well, bit. not yet, at least. Yeah, 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 not yet. Who knows? A, uh, a portable smartwatch blood pressure machine. Gee, that'll Jab. be keen for that. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, like at least at least once a day, I'm flipping my wrist, popping out the heart rate monitor, and uh, check it out and record it. Yeah, so that's really cool. cool. It's 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 definitely become of a big help. Um, and yeah, so this new chip will be able to support that. Yeah. Um. So. It's an interesting note that it seems that the chip will not be able to support the very popular Wear OS, which is, you know, Google's operating system for smart watches, which is very interesting. You get it? Wear OS? Where is it? Where is the OS? We don't support this. Okay, that was so lame. But who are they going to make? Who, like, what kind of operating system is going to be on it then? So, well, yeah, it definitely is interesting that because Wear OS is... What pretty much the largest um, smartwatch operating system available. Yeah. Uh, but it seems that uh, they have taken a dive into their own own sort of uh, operating system where it's basically a custom version of Android um, specifically aimed at kids. Again, breaking okay. out into the kids' market. Yeah. Um, Android for kids. Yeah. Who? <laughs> what a name. What Android for a very kids. unique name. Indeed. <laughs> I wonder how long it took them to come up with that. Five minutes. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I think that's a pretty bold move. Yeah, it is. Because that's really going to narrow their market unless, of course, they cater for manufacturers to include it. While the company is looking pretty seriously into the kids market, they definitely haven't forgotten the general watch market, um, which according to rumors, there, are, there is going to be another chip being released, some I think sometime this year. Um, that will be aimed at the general watch market. So obviously something more powerful um, and something that can be used in everyday everyday devices. Andrew, we've all been in this situation, surfing on the web at home, at work or on the go. But while we're busy watching YouTube clips, someone else could be watching us. That's right. While connected to public Wi-Fi, there could be anyone spying on you. And it's easy as that. Even on your home Wi-Fi, your ISP can tell what you're looking at and when. However, we have a solution for you. And that's private internet access. PIA is a simple to use VPN service that provides state-of-the-art multi-layered security and privacy. It can allow you to browse the internet privately 
and securely, hides your IP address from the real world, and even supports torrenting. All this on up to five devices simultaneously. They have over 3,000 servers in 28 countries, which even allow you to unblock sites while traveling. Simply follow the link in the show notes below and sign up for two years of secure internet browsing for only $2.91 US a month. And if you're not happy, you get a seven-day money-back guarantee. Wow, that's pretty good. It's available on Windows, Mac, iPhone, Android, Linux, and Chrome. To get PIA, follow the link in the show notes. Always remember, kids, use protection. Oh, yeah. So, as we know, the... You know, one of the hot things to talk about over the past kind of, ugh, you know, past year has been machine learning, and you know the next per- the next group of people to start bring start using it is the U.S. Army, and so what they're actually doing is they're going to be putting into you know all their tanks and all that kind of stuff, uh, the like the ability to be able to send back the signal to like some sort of artificial intelligence and tell it when you know it needs to be repaired, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, it's definitely going to save a lot of time on their hands um, if it works properly, which, yeah. they don't, which they don't even know yet. Well, I'm sure they do know by, by now. Um, yeah, so essentially a, a full system that is able to take data from its various sensors and uh, put it all together. And basically, if something is not in line with a, a parameter or something is abnormal, it will pick it up and we'll be able to warn the um, or the people operating the machine um, that either a certain scenario could happen, such as I don't know. Let's say, let's say the system picks up that the um, the power output is a little bit low and the temperature is going high. That could really you know lead to like a cooling cooling issue. Yeah. Um, so basically, it's a system that will be able to formulate that. And give a warning, give an early warning to the people to allow them to fix fix the issue before it gets serious. Yeah, because you know there's no you know NRMA in uh, in a war situation. <laughs> obviously, that can quickly come out. Just you know, Road- fix the battery or something like that. Roadside assistance on the line. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You know, this will obviously be able to you know help you know speed up the process of you know downtime for different tanks and all that kind of stuff yeah and it's i think this is actually a there's how do you call it a a light version of this system um that is currently implemented in aircraft Mm -hmm. um that gives lots of feedback to the pilot to be able to see what's going on see specifically what's going on um and what sort of of actions they can take in order to avoid it yeah so yeah it's it's Machine learning is spreading. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, which we'll be talking all about next week. Next week. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that the U.S. military has taken that on board. And I mean, it's it's not the first time that they've implemented uh, a sort of AI or machine learning into the systems. I think there was talks about somewhere last year on implementing such a system into. An automatic missile launcher, I think it was, right? To be able to spot targets and justify somehow if they are an enemy or if they are um, on their side. Which obviously there was a lot of controversy. Oh yeah, definitely. Like a lot around that. So I'm not too sure on the status of that. I don't think anyone does because mm-hmm. it's the military and they're pretty secretive. <laughs> I guess they have to. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely. Who knows what, what spies are out there and what people are out there in this um, big planet Earth. <laughs> Talking about things, about secrecy and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> the veil has been lifted over the NBN. But has it really? But ha- Yeah, has it really? That's a good question. So uh, last week they actually released a detailed roadmap, which I think is pretty cool, or, you know, like a timeline of options for different types of upgrades that could be formed over, you know, all the different multi-type, uh, the vault, what's it called? The multi-network, multi-technology network stuff. Across the multiverse. Yeah, multiverse. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, fibre to the network, f- sorry, fibre to the node, fibre to the basement, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it kind of gives, gives us an idea of, what could happen in terms of upgrades after the completion of the NBN network, supposedly in nineteen? Is so it in supposedly in twenty twenty? Supposedly. Mm. Supposedly, <laughs> it's only it's only one and a half years away. Yeah. So let's hope let's hope that they stick to that plan, and hopefully, it is getting done on time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, obviously, you can't really see this as as a definite. This is what's going to happen. More of you know, what could happen? There's some definite roots. An indication. An indication of where they could be going. Um, but, you know, it's very... We, we, had a, we had a read and it was very confusing and <laughs> to say complicated, to say the least. Yes. So we thought that I think the best thing for you to do, if you really want to know about this kind of thing, particularly because, like, the, the things that they're doing don't really affect us as an end user... It's more kind of like their back-end stuff. So, you know, if you really want to know, we suggest Googling it and, you know. And read all about yeah, it. Yeah, because it's kind of hard for us to explain over <laughs> over the, the audio waves and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, but it's uh, it, it's actually quite a long timeline, though. There, and there's a lot of steps that I, well, hopefully will be taken in order to improve Australia's lovely internet. Yeah, and even steps that are going to be going on past its it's supposed to completion, even going into, you know, 2030, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, and that's along with what they uh, are looking to implement is um, using 5G technology. Yes, I their, saw that. Yeah, in their fixed wireless to improve, like, your internet connections in rural areas of Australia. I think that's re- really interesting. It is. It's it like, you know, well, we've heard so much about um, 5G that... You know, it's going to be you know really fast. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, yes. <laughs> we are very doubtful of Australia's NBN, aren't we? Yeah. But it's not our fault. It's, it's not, not is our it? Fault at all. Um, yeah. So we we welcome any change to faster internet. Hopefully. Um, as of Monday, I actually got NBN installed. Oh, did you? Yeah. Installed. What? <laughs> Half installed. Oh, um, of course. We did. <laughs> yeah. We did get the cable, the optic fiber cable down all the way down to my house, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty awesome. But um, we well, I thought you were getting um, HCF or whatever it's called. Um, I've, actually, to be honest, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what they put onto the ground there. Well, I know. Well, HCF. Um, it'd be like a new copper cable. Yeah. If it was HFC, not, I, not HCF. Um, so yeah, but I, I know they were doing a lot of, um, 
they were going to be changing over a lot of HFC, whatever the hell it's called. I don't, I don't want to keep on saying the wrong thing. <laughs> um, yeah, they, you know, they were trying to kind of phase out that technology just because it has been a very big problem for them. Yeah. So yeah. maybe you're one of those people who were lucky enough to get switched over. I think I think it is because I did see a glimpse of the cable and it did look like there was an optic fiber channel within. Was it blue? Uh, yes, it was. It's optic fiber. <gasps> You've got fiber to the premises. Oh my gosh. But it's not connected. No. Probably should really get it connected. Yeah. Oh well. But that'll come soon. Yes. Or not. Who knows? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, enough of uh of doubting Australia's internet. Um we have more news from the one and only. <laughs> Elon Musk. That, that was doves flying off in that case was, you didn't know. That sounded so accurate. <laughs> that was so good. So Elon Musk has done it yet again. Well, he hasn't really done anything yet. I mean, he's whoa, tweeted. That sounded really bad. <laughs> he's done a lot. Okay. He hasn't done anything on what he's announced yet. Of course. No, not yet. From what we can see. Um, so he's done uh, a few tweets on Twitter, um, asking about what sort of features do people wish to see in the new Tesla Ute? Ute! Utility vehicle, or uh, for those in America, I'm pretty sure you do call them trucks, which is appropriate in this case. Yeah, it really is. Because, my gosh, this thing is big. It's so big. It's huge. Like, it's so big that... You would be able to fit a standard size ute in its tray. What? In the tray? In the tray alone. Like, from looking at the pictures, it, it really just looks like the Tesla Semi that's been stretched out. It with does, a, doesn't it? With a tray. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, he's, yeah so he's reached out to his fans and asked them what sort of things they, that people want to see it, in it. He tweeted a lot, didn't he? He did, yeah. I think, let's, let's have a look here. One, two... Uh, come on, laptop scroll. Three, four, five. Shall wow. we read them out? Yeah, why not? Let's why read not? them. All right. First one. What would you love to see in a Tesla pickup truck? I have a few things in mind, but what do you think are small but important nuances? And what would be seriously next level? Um, so those are the words of Elon Musk, right? There. Elon Musk, yeah. <laughs> then he tweeted again, the Tesla truck. We'll have a dual motor, all-wheel drive with crazy torque and and a suspension that adjusts for the load. Those will be standard. Ooh. Awesome stuff. Awesome features. Um, actually, this is a really interesting one. The pickup truck will, will have power outlets. Oh. Yeah. Allowing use of heavy-duty 240 volts for high-powered tools in field all day. No well, generator needed. That's good. Like it I is. know, you know, particularly in Australia where we've got a lot of tradies. Uh, yeah. It's going to be very, very helpful, yeah. I think. And um I mean it's 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 going to be interesting though because while I mean we all know that Teslas are electric. Mm. So I'm only assuming and it's a high probability that these outlets are drawing straight from the battery. Yeah. So I think using your power tools will be Possible, but will also reduce your 
runtime on your the actual car. When, yeah. yeah, when driving. So I guess, you know, that's a sacrifice. But you can charge it. You can charge it, I'm sure, at the site. Yeah. So there's, so there's that. Um, but, you know, it's good if there's some sort of problem. You know, if you're out in the middle of, mm-hmm, would you want to do that yeah. in the middle of nowhere? Okay, well, let's say something happens to the generator. It's gone. <laughs> it stopped working. You've got no other power for whatever reason. Yeah. You've got a car. You got Yeah, exactly. So there's always uh, the good good backup. Yeah. No excuses for leaving the job half done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and actually funny, someone tweeted, uh, I'm, I'm six foot nine, so I'd absolutely be interested in an eco-friendly truck for SUV capable <laughs> of accommodate, of accommodating tall drivers. Elon Musk so, so, uh, stylishly replied, sir, this will not be some dainty little buttercup of a truck. <laughs> Driver's seat will be big enough to fit Andre the Giant. <laughs> Oh wow! Well, there we go. <laughs> so that's saying something. And if you are, if you look at the pictures, like you can straight away just tell, like it's it's you can freaking carry a Ute in the back of its tray. Yeah, like I think you get the picture. Um, uh, this is going to be one mother of a truck. Yeah, yeah. You could say a mother trucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh, mother trucker. Um, <laughs> some figures. Well, actually, just one figure really. Um, so. It, like a typical ute, uh, a typical large ute can carry about three and a half tons. Uh, um, not carry, sorry, um, can tow about three and a half tons. Um, but this Tesla will be able to tow a hefty thirteen point six tons. Thirteen point six tons. That's a lot. Thirteen point six tons. That is. That's yeah, that's a lot. I don't even know. I was trying to find something that weighs 13.6 tons. Some cool features which uh, do come across in other Tesla cars. It will be able to parallel park automatically with 360-degree view cameras. And like we said, uh, it will include those 240-volt outlets and it will include uh, adaptive suspension to adjust for load. That's good. So all welcoming, welcoming features for a car that does require a lot of towing. A lot of, probably a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Harsh treatment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that is that. And that is... That's the podcast. That's the podcast. A bit of a short one today. Yeah. We were kind but, of, we wanted to build up to next week. Kind yeah. Of yeah. Definitely be sure to stick around for next week because that's going to be a great discussion on artificial intelligence. Yeah. Hopefully. It, yeah. Well, we're kind of hoping for maybe like a 45 minute discussion kind of thing yeah. with a bit of, a bit of tech news, of course. And obviously related to, to, to people in, in the world and how it would affect them. Um, yeah. So lots of interesting words to come up. Yes. And if you have any questions about artificial intelligence that you want us to, you know, discuss yes. in the, uh, the round table discussion, be sure to email us or you can hit us up on, you know, Facebook or whatever. And yeah, we, you know, we'll make sure they get in. Yeah, so we'll call it there. Yep. Thank you for listening to yet another episode. Episode seven. Seven. Ugh, so many episodes. So many. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting there. Getting there. Please tune in to next week to hear more on artificial intelligence. And um, we shall catch you next time. Yep. Hope you have a good week. Likewise. I'm Andrew. And I'm Harry. Sayonara. Bye.